a lot of Canadians and Australians were involved, not just English and, mm -hmm. and Wales and um, you know, Irish and all that stuff. Actually, this was in here. So um, I know I'm pretty almost. I know my my uh, uncle. Ron Adlard was was over there, and mm -hmm. uh, they were members of the um, some kind of organization in San Diego, Canadian uh, Canadian something. <laughs> you know, my memory is not as good as it used to be, so I I may be wasting your time. Well, You're this not wasting our time. no, and 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 you know, we're kind of we're kind of hoping to to th this kind of stuff will help jog your memory, yeah. you know, as well too, and maybe help get you thinking about some. There's, uh, there's another thing I have is a cassette that I set my mom and my dad down here years and years ago. Can I kill those lights for oh, a second? Of course. Just just real quick, let me get this picture and then. I'll turn them yeah, back on. Okay, I liked it. No, that's good. Oh, back on. I need that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, very cool. Okay. So it should be still recording, I think, or no? Okay, let's see. Probably stop. Yeah. No, it's still going. Good. I'm going to get this stuff out of the way. Since we don't need it. That is a really cool case. Honestly. Yeah, I uh, don't know any kind of what the history is behind it at all. But yeah, these are pretty neat. They seem to have. Uh, Vimy Pilgrimage. I've got some other papers, like discharge papers from the military, and, and a whole slew of stuff, and I just got to find where it all went to. Mm -hmm. It's upstairs in the den. Buried amongst, amongst, uh, amongst others. But I can find out more information if anybody's interested. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. You should always take pictures too and send it to Dean. Oh, well, that's well. an idea, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was rummaging up there the other day and I came across uh, awesome. was, uh, some marriage certificates. And there was a one that was kind of interesting. My uncle was an apprentice. It was like a seven year. Apprenticeship. It's kind of a big formal document, as if he was a—I don't want to say slave, but he's like he was—he worked for this company, and it was like a contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Now I'm on the spot. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got so. the easy part. He's got the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So for the record, uh, this is 2019, Sunday, November 17th. All right, so let's start with your name, I guess. Howard Grant Shepherdson. Okay. And when were you born? June 9th, 1946. Okay. And where were you born? San Diego, California, USA. San Diego. Yeah, you talked uh, quite a bit about San Diego last time we were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, tell me something, uh, uh, one of your first, one of your earliest memories. Hmm. Earliest memory. Gee. 
Um, getting into a fight with my brother, I think. <laughs> no, <laughs> seriously, let's that. see. Um, well, I'll tell you one of my first memories was... <laughs> my memory didn't kick in until I was like five years old, but... There was a memory about the age of three when um, I was on a seesaw with my brother and I like jumped off the seesaw and made it crash down on him and he uh, injured himself, got oh, a big man. gash and that was super traumatic for me. So Usually it's traumatic things. That, mm-hmm. you know, I, the one I guess I was just kind of reminded me, uh, I was in kindergarten and we had these big blocks or something. I can't remember why, but for some reason I threw it up to catch it, and it came down and smashed me in my my nose, gave me a bloody nose, and I was like five years old in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that was maybe my first that I still remember. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else was that is I think that's about as far back as I can. Mm-hmm. I think I remember breaking my leg, but I'm not sure if that was before or after. I was. Fun. I meant before we were in a park with our neighbors and uh, uh, his uh, their son Skipper who's who's really kind of a mean person kind of uh, but anyway we were I was climbing up this tree and I was going out on this big limb it wasn't very high up but he for some reason wanted to pass me and I slipped and fell then he fell down and landed right on my leg and uh, broke it mm. uh, so that was your Again. lower leg or your upper leg? Um, like you're down below your knee or I, above your knee? I think it was, it must have been below my knee, but I had to have a cast on. Like my whole leg was in a cast mm-hmm. for a while. Um, I remember wearing the cast and stuff. So I, I remember so. I was probably about 12 or 13 years old and all the kids are coming to school in casts you know and uh really yeah yeah and whatever one or two three would show up with casts and stuff yeah. and i thought i've never broken my bone and you know this is you're at that age when like reading guinness book of world records is cool and all that yeah. stuff i said maybe i'll get a record for never breaking my bones right hey. and so uh and then i seen a picture of my mom carrying a baby in a cast <laughs> and i was like really? what is that she's like oh yeah you broke your foot when you were like one years old, ah, and I was just there like, was your record, yeah." Man. And then broken bone, yeah. one after the other. It seemed like I got like broke my this, broke my elbow, oh, broke, uh, got stitches on my head. That was another one. I was like, "Oh, I've, I've never had stitches." Yeah, oh, so that was the start of the, the beginning of the downfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, siblings. Yeah. How many? How many siblings do you have? Just one brother. Oh, five years older. Okay. Uh, he would have been born, I guess, 1941. Okay. So, uh, Jimmy, Jim, James William Shepherdson. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. He okay. He lives in, um, in the Vegas area. Yeah. Um, you still in contact with him? Not so much. We had a rather dis- major disagreement a while back, and mm. he refused to talk to me since. So mm. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so he's, uh, but he's. Last I heard, I, I speak to his daughter, and we we converse, and he, she, 
he's estranged from them also, but but he had three 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 uh, uh, two daughters and a son. The son Donnie has moved in with him and is taking care of him now, and uh, so he's. Uh, uh, I don't want to say it's Alzheimer's. I'm not sure what, but mm -hmm. he needs some help. And, mm. and uh, so, making a long story short, I communicate with with Debbie, one of the the older sister or daughter. I mean, mm -hmm. she can she communicates with Donnie, and so that's how I find out a little bit more information about him. Yeah, but Jimmy is um, anyway. We had a rather major argument. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, when my mom died, she had some money left over from the sale of the house mm. in San Diego. And um, she moved up here, and I was kind of taking care of her. She had an apartment, but I was watching over her. Mm -hmm. and, uh, she finally had to go into a, uh, a home and lasted no more than a year. I think it was less than a year, and uh, she passed away. And, uh, but prior to that, prior to where she still had all her faculties, uh, she had a fairly large CD. It was like, um, like uh, God, like 150,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to give give it all to me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I told her, you know, I, I would love to have it. I could really use it, but but Jimmy's gonna have a fit mm -hmm. if you do that, because normally you split it half and half. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so, but she insisted, and uh, of course, that's that's sort of yeah. caused the breakup. Mm. So. Was it because you had been taking care of her, and she wanted to kind of? Um, yeah. I think it was because Jimmy uh, was really fairly wealthy. He was well off. He's done a lot. Then he uh, married the daughter of the uh, owner of the company that he worked for. <laughs> And he progressed up to come. He became president, vice president, and then president. He was doing really well. It was a matter of principle for him. So I then. think I'm, I'm this. I don't know for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking that she wanted. I, on the other hand, I was doing okay, but I was like, a, you know, civil service. Right. You know, and she kind of. And I was also looking after her here, and I guess that's why she wanted to. Yeah. Do that. So. Yeah. Could they, did you help take care of her? You know, money is always something that's it's love or money or whatever is always something that comes between people. Mm, it's a shame too. Yeah. My yeah. Uh, my landlord's dealing with that. Her her brother just passed, and the rest of the family's coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah it's usually and, a death, and mm -hmm. and uh, who's gonna get the uh, the fruits of the, the the property or whatever? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, but so you mentioned um, you broke your leg when you were quite young. A, you were what five? You said about five years old. Five or less. I, yeah. was, okay. I was quite young. I I don't think I was in school. Mm. Um, so, um, but I remember I even have a picture of it. Um, <laughs> hairline crack, really. Mm. It wasn't like the bone was sticking out or anything like that. Luckily, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing gross. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, there's memories as I as I got older and older. But, uh, Did you do any other damage to yourself as you were getting older? Oh yeah, a kid. Yeah, there's always something. Yeah, anything major like that? Um, or semi-major? 
But the only of an accident standpoint, um, I I surfed all the time, and, and uh, that's when I was San Diego. You know, junior high and high school, and mm -hmm. in high school especially. And, um, one time it was winter time, and down there they they um, even up here for that matter. You sometimes you get these storm surf kind mm. of really big waves. <laughs> yeah. But they're not really easy to ride because it's they're like a shore breaker, and the whole thing comes over rather than where you can catch the curl and, and slam along. Anyway. <laughs> I know. like how you're talking to me like I know what... I know what I know. <laughs> I, know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to blabber on about No, you're not. No, we're That's what you. we're here for. But, yeah. uh, but, Please blabber uh, on. Anyway, I was surfing and um, there weren't hardly anybody out there in uh, this big wave. And I, uh, I it, it hit me and it, it knocked me off. And, you know, the weirdest thing is I was underwater and I, I just sense something coming at me. It's kind oh, of strange. Wow. And it came up and just went, bam, right here. Crushed my whole inside of my nose, almost completely flat, blood everywhere. And I come walking out of the water. The water's freezing cold to begin with. And then I walk out and my buddy was there and they uh, got me over to uh, a doctor and stuff. Was it your board that hit you? Yeah, the board, oh. the nose of the board actually yeah. smashed right into me. And it was coming up with force because it goes, when it, it went down and then oh, the force yeah. of it shoots it back up. And, yeah. and I just had a bad feeling. I, I, I can't explain it. Mm. Uh, but fortunately it hit me here rather than say up here. Okay. Uh, so it's messed up my nose, but it, it didn't mess, <laughs> but it didn't knock me out. Or yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is that, um, for what it's worth. Uh, outside of that, um, several years ago, I fell off a roof, but that's, that's <laughs> I don't even want to keep going to all that. Now you're talking my language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I bring it up is because I had to be uh, medevaced over to um, uh, bait. I don't want to say Bayview, not Bayview, but uh, uh, the hospital over in Seattle. Harborview? Harborview, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, really? they, had put, they had to drain the, the, the blood that accumulated in my head and, and my my arm, my leg were, were going numb and I couldn't, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's just, now this isn't right. Something's not right here. I can't move my arm really. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they had to drain the blood out. So I was over there for several days. Because then you fell off the roof? Yeah, I, it was something really stupid. I've never done it before or since. And that was, at that time, there was, there's two stories on the house, but at that time, there was a, a one-story kind of, and then you, where the roof comes out, and then there's a second story that goes up. Mm -hmm. And for, usually I put the ladder on the peak of the roof to go mm -hmm. up to the upper roof. Mm -hmm. Well... For some unknown reason, I put it on the on the on the downward side, stood up, and was going up on the roof. Well, of course, it's it it slipped down, so that goes down. I smashed my head on the on the ladder. I, I was totally knocked out, and the whole ladder and I and I slipped and went down to the ground. <laughs> I was knocked out for a while, but got up and I seemed to feel okay. Although, I, you know, but. And the weirdest thing, and you know, not that it, it, to me, you know, other people I've talked to about it, um, it was almost a month before all these other these signs started appearing. 
Weird. It was like uh, almost a month later where hmm. I, I had to go down to the emergency room here and then they sent me over by ambulance to the to hmm. Harborview. So, um, you weren't really prepared to do your life story. You're just helping us no, out. No, although I, I got fair warning, but to mm -hmm. be honest, I and I was going to, but I never really got up there into the den and started searching through all that stuff. Other than helping us well, out. Well, you know, but, to be honest, that's mm -hmm. not really what I'm looking for ultimately. I mean, what I look for, what I'm what I'm hoping to get and kind of the theme of the podcast I, uh, that I'm mm -hmm. going to be putting together is um, getting people's advice, life advice, essentially, from people who've lived, Yeah. you know, have, have put their years in and can give some advice on all kinds of silly stuff, you know, childhood stuff, uh, getting married, work, you know. So basically, you know, if you had, if uh, what would you tell your grandparents, or I mean your grandkids, you know? I would tell them, uh, number one is uh, try your best no matter what you're doing. Whether mm -hmm. it's work, playing, uh, sports, uh, crossword puzzles, whatever. Do your best. Try, just try to always do your best mm -hmm. and um, push hard try um, if you don't know how to do it you know look find out how to do it uh, mm -hmm. read um, there's nothing better than reading but whatever you do be all in on it okay um, you know I've seen uh, my own grandkids for that <laughs> matter probably don't when he's out there playing he's, he's not that old he's young just a kid playing soccer or whatever in um, you know, sometimes you kind of look at the birds flying across while the game's going on or something. And, you know, you're not really into it. But you really have to be, even at that age, if, if you can be really possessed enough to try, to really try. Even if you're not the greatest athlete or, or student or whatever, but just give it your all. Mm. Wow, I, I kind of needed to hear that. I was actually writing, writing in my journal today going, I have a bunch of irons in the fire. <clears throat> and I really gotta nail down something, you know, and, yeah. and this being one, it's like really just yeah. need to do, um, just put all my effort into this little venture right here. Mm. So really develop it. Yeah, it's easy to say, but to actually do is is different. Right. Um, it's always easy to say, yeah, I'm gonna try, you know. So, um, but there's a lot of things, a lot of uh, other sage advice people can give you. Mm -hmm. That would be my number one thing. Um, Let's make sure this is the recording. Nope. Oh. Family is important too. Oh, well, tell us about your family. Say family's important. Yeah, it, it's very important. Um, you know, if you're blessed to grow up in a family that's um, nourishing, uh, you're lucky, really. Mm -hmm. Mine, I was I was very lucky. My my dad and my mom lived for us, my brother and I, really. Um, my mom, especially, almost to an extreme, um, to the detriment of my uh, my brother's wife, kind of. In that she always took it as much as she could, either mine or my brother's side, no matter what it was, no matter the whether he was in the wrong or I was in the wrong, they always stood by the. You know. mm -hmm. So it's it's good and bad depending on how you look at it. Mm -hmm. but, 
But in my growing up, uh, my dad was very easygoing. Uh, I was, I, in turn, had been very easygoing with my kids and such. That's uh, uh, not always good, but mm -hmm. my wife was kind of the disciplinarian. Ironically, my mom er, was kind of the disciplinarian growing up, mm. uh, up to a point, and then my dad would take over. But generally, it was her. Um, and I've kind of followed the same, you know. I think, and it's funny, you grow up and you become your parents a lot of, <laughs> to a lot of extent, one or the other, not mm -hmm. always both. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so they, you know, we, my dad uh, worked as a machinist over in North Island Naval Air Station in San Diego, and mm -hmm. um, he was also, a, he was, didn't work at it, but he was a qualified uh, carpenter and mm -hmm. such. He, we built a boat. Before that, we had a a 16-foot lineman that my dad uh, put back together, so to speak, and had used that for a long time. Mm -hmm. So we did a lot of fishing off San Diego. Uh, I was used it for water skiing and, and fishing, and, and uh, there's a place off Point Loma where you can go surfing. So, that, but the only way to get to it is by boat. Mm -hmm. So I used it for that. Um, then later on, we uh, built, or my dad, I helped him a lot, but my dad built this other boat. So we did a lot of boating, a lot of things uh, that goes with uh, the ocean. Uh, as I got older and uh, through high school, I played a little football and stuff, but I wasn't that good. Uh, part of that is because I don't think I was aggressive enough. You have to be mm -hmm. uh, playing aggressive. You have to be really aggressive, and I just didn't have it in me to be that, that aggressive. And you have to be tough. And, um, so, but, it, you know, I did it. In um, uh, wrestling, things like that. Uh, um, so tell me, tell me about uh, you were married, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me. 1977. That's when you were married. Yeah. 1977. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you date much before before your wife? Not a lot. Did I did some. Um, I I did things were a little bit different in the sense for me. Um, I, I from high school I went to I went right straight to I went to uh, a junior college called San Diego City College and then I went to uh, Mesa as well. It, those, after after those two years then I transferred over to San Diego State where the local university is for, down in San Diego in. Mm -hmm. I didn't date much, really. Some, um, but uh, that changed a lot after I, I. I also halfway through I joined the Navy, uh, and joined the ROC program, ROC stands for Reserve Officer Candidate, mm -hmm. and um, they don't. They no longer have that program, but back then when Vietnam was going, they had that program. Mm -hmm. So the, what the way it works is you're. When you go into your junior year, before that is usually when you join. In after two years, then you go back to officer candidate school mm -hmm. back in Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, so anyway, I went two years at, at San Diego State, and um, but I needed one more semester. I would have would have graduated. I graduated from high school in '64, and I would have graduated uh, from San Diego State at uh, 1968. 
but I needed another semester, I needed more credits. Mm -hmm. And they, they were good enough to let me slide, so to speak. And so I graduated technically in January 1969, just because it was on a semester basis. Uh, Vietnam War, that's a, yeah. I'm very interested about that time period, especially since my, my stepdad was in mm -hmm. Vietnam War, and you know, he doesn't like to talk about it very much, but uh, uh, was the draft going on at that time? Yes. yes. Was that, did that concern you at all? Not really, well, it concerned me enough that I wanted to, I figured I'd better join the reserves, which mm -hmm. is what the rock program is. Mm. Um, uh, but I was going to college, so at that time anyway, you had a college deferment. But once you graduate, then technically you're... What's a college deferment? Um, if you're going to college, you de you're deferred from the draft. Okay. You're not... Uh, okay. Kind of put you're it off a little drafted. bit. And if, you get, if you flunk out or something else goes wrong or whatever, then you're stuck. And then, you're, and then they ship you out right away, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> not necessarily. They don't, you know, they have a, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated, sort of. Um, mm -hmm. They don't take everybody. They, they have a, a system where they take X number of people. And mm -hmm. you might be called, you might not. Mm -hmm. But your chances of being called are high. Yeah. So. You know, I didn't really, wasn't too wild about going into the Army, so I figured to go in the Navy. Mm -hmm. They have this, it was really weird. I was at, at college, and, and this uh, recruiters came on, on base. They were just interviewing people and talking and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I talked to them, and it sounded like a great deal. So uh, make a long story short, when I graduate, the way it works, you go back there in the summer after your junior year, spend nine weeks at Newport, Rhode Island in the summer, come back, finish your senior year, and then, and then you go back to another uh, nine weeks, and then you're assuming everything goes okay, you commissioned uh, mm -hmm. as an ensign in the Navy, and then you go wherever they send you. Mm -hmm. And you're obligated for uh, six years at that point. Um, in my case, I went back in um, the summer of uh, uh, 60, um, 66, I think it was, yeah, or 67, 67, yeah, and, um, and then I, it was summertime, of course, and I, and then I, I finished in, uh, January of 69, so I went back, uh, right then, um, for another nine, eight, nine weeks, uh, just at the temp, it was freezing cold, uh, the plane, when it landed, it, it had to be diverted because of, there was so much snow back there in, in New York, mm. in uh, Rhode Island, and in Massachusetts. Um, and uh, so then I had to take a bus from from New York up to uh, Newport. And uh, so I spent the first night in the YMCA there at Newport and then reported in the next day. Mm. So that started my... Anyway, and then it's eight, nine weeks later, then I, I finished up. Okay. As far as the training. Yeah. And then I went from there. Because I majored in accounting, that was uh, business is my specialty. Uh, they, they, uh, 
I, I became a supply officer. Mm. So from there I went to the Supply Corps School, which is in um, Athens, Georgia. So mm. I reported, that was my first assignment. Like, yeah. Um, another school. <laughs> that's a that's a kind of a big school. It, it lasted from jeez, uh, it, it was like a, a six months, seven months mm-hmm. of training. Um, so, and while I was at when I was there, about halfway through, uh, they wanted to know of any volunteers for Vietnam because they needed people, uh, even supply corps people uh, in Vietnam. Hey, that sounds great. I want to go see what it's like. So yeah, yeah I volunteered. And I was picked, and, and uh, so when I graduated, I had to graduate. I had to leave early though, like two months early. So I didn't finish the whole curriculum, but I still was designated a supply officer. So wait a minute, you you picked Vietnam. So yeah. so you went to Vietnam. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was my first real assignment. Was Vietnam. Okay. Actually, I was. You know, you you put down. You have this dream card you can put down what you want to do whatever. And I think mm-hmm. I put down things like San Diego at the Naval Audit Service and a bunch of other things. And mm-hmm. I think I put Vietnam down, but I'm not sure if I did or not. Anyway, <laughs> they wanted volunteers for Vietnam mm-hmm. when you graduate and you need some fly officers over there. So I I volunteered. Um, they needed three and there were three of us that they went. We, like I said, we had to leave a little bit early because we had to go. Uh, uh, we had to report into um, naval amphibious base for uh, SEER training, which is survival and, and shooting weapons and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we, they trucked us up to um, the Marine Corps base at Camp Pendleton and yeah. had some fun up there. And uh, anyway, when that was all over, and then I had orders to uh, Vietnam. Yeah. So. You remember any of that survival training? Oh, yeah, I remember it. Yeah? But, you know, whether I could survive out there, I don't well, know. Well, that's what I was going to ask next. Is, <laughs> if we threw you no. out in the woods with a, with a hatchet, would you be all right? No, uh, <laughs> If anything happened in Vietnam, I doubt if I would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what we went through was nothing like what the SEALs or the, oh, sure. uh, any of those other people go through. Ours is, is nothing compared to that. How long? Uh, how long were you in Vietnam? A year. Okay. We, uh, we left uh, the, left from uh, Andrews Air Force Base just at, at San Bernardino, um, the sixth, I think it was, or the third of the sixth. Yeah, I think it was the sixth of January, nineteen seventy. And because of the international dateline, you, you go via uh, Hawaii, and then you. Lands in Da Nang, and the day is uh, the ninth, I think. Mm-hmm. I might have the dates. It might be the third and the sixth, or the sixth and the ninth. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Of January and uh, total chaos when you get off the plane, not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah. It's, it's Lieutenant really, Daniel and that, yeah. <laughs> uh, if you've seen any of the, the older uh, uh, Vietnam movies, you know, they, especially in Platoon, where they show you getting off the plane, kind of and Mm-hmm. You know, just planes flying all over the place, and people running here and going there, and it's just, uh, you know, it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, even in you know in January, um, it's um, 
it's quite an awakening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I always remember when I was walking off the plane, and I don't know if this happened to other people too, but I mean, there's a stewardess there. It's a commercial plane, you know, mm -hmm. fly over. And uh, I forget what she said, something like, uh, oh, it wasn't like, have a good day. I think it was something else. Uh, but I, uh, I looked at her, and uh, my eyes were just, I don't know what they were, but... Uh, I just looked at her and she looked at me and, and uh, it was like we didn't have to say anything. It was like I was, I was, it was like I was walking to my death or mm. something. You know, it's kind of, which I wasn't, but it just felt like it. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Mm. You know, I don't want to give you the wrong idea. It wasn't like I was going over there and going to be out in the, in combat, mm -hmm. so to speak, and, and going to the front lines or whatever. But um, and it was it was interesting. We spent some time there in Da Nang. I don't know if you want me to go through all this at all. Um, go for it. This is a uh, free form. Yeah. Um, yeah, detail's good. It, uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting in Da Nang. It was a, a fairly large city over there. Mm -hmm. And um, the base, uh, uh, what was it called? Um, I want to say Marble Mountain, not Marble Mountain. Anyway, that's where the, the Navy base there, and there is several bases, but that's where I was at. Um, uh, at that time, Da Nang was off limits, the actual Da Nang. Uh, you couldn't go down there, although me and some other guys went over there anyway, just for kicks. And uh, I can always remember being over there, it's nighttime, and then thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? I mean, this is crazy, because it was, you know, all the streets were deserted over there. If we would have got caught, we would have been in a lot of trouble. It was, mm -hmm. it was off limits for a reason. But we made it back okay. Um, and I, the barracks where I stayed at, um, wooden barracks, uh, um, the interesting part was several weeks before I arrived there, the barracks were bombed, uh, shelled. Mm. So it, part of the structure was was totally blown away. Mm -hmm. uh, so I I thought, hey, this may not be such a a, fit, a safe place to be sleeping. But anyway, uh, so I was up there, and, and of course there's mosquitoes everywhere, and, and without having screens or anything, because part of the building wasn't there, um, the mosquitoes were just really bad. Mm. Well, that's one thing I think anybody that goes over there would remember the mosquitoes. God, it's just, they're vicious. They're very hungry. <laughs> so anyway, that was my experience there. Uh, I didn't, really didn't do much of anything for the first week or so until I finally got my orders to a place called Tan Me, T-A-N-M-Y. Um, and that's um, up towards way uh, along the Perfume River that empties into the ocean. Way is the was the old imperial capital of Vietnam. Really interesting, interesting city. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, Tan Mi is also uh, an, uh, run by the Navy, kind of. It was um, at the mouth of the river. There, where Tan Mi is, it comes in and it's kind of a, a port-like, not really a port. It was really a ramp, and they bring in mic boats up to the ramp, bringing in supplies. Uh, 
both not just for us but for also for the army the army was at a very large base called food by which is just on the other side of the way about maybe forty miles up the road along the river to the road i was supposed to be i was ordered there mainly to be to replace the the ramp officer but they didn't actually need the ramp officer so they put me in charge of those of the warehouse that was there which really wasn't anything so for the first about the first month that it really didn't have much to do it was really kind of boring actually although it was interesting because you know you'd you'd drive around and you'd you know I'd never experienced water buffaloes and rice paddies and all that sort of stuff before so that was kind of interesting seeing all of that all the time and so and then one time I a couple of friends of mine we got in we had to get something from Danae I forget what it was exactly uh, while I was there in charge of this warehouse, um, PBR Mobile Base One, which is a patrol boat river in the Navy's jargon, basically they're. Uh, it's not past Blue Ribbon. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 In any event, this was a a base. These were barges that were built especially for this. There's mm -hmm. one. There's one near PBR Base One, Mobile Base One, and then there's Mobile Base Two mm -hmm. down in uh, on the. Uh, Saigon area, um, and these were like twelve or thirteen barges wired together in the, in the mouth of the river. Mm -hmm. um, they had it has everything. It's all self-contained except you have to bring in supplies, of course. But uh, it was a it had a tank for water. It had uh, a hoist and a, and a on one of the barges dedicated just for repairing the PBR fiberglass. Uh, uh, shop uh, mm -hmm. had all that had bar had sleeping barge um, and there's a, a galley and, and place where you can eat and all that sort of thing. Um, so communications had a flight uh, helipad up above. Um, oh, cool. So um, so that's where I was assigned to when I finally got mm -hmm. there about February. I think. So you've um, been to Vietnam. Yeah. Uh, what what other places have you been around the world? Um, well, f you could take an R&R &R while you're there, so I, my first one was to, I took three altogether, with not planning it that way, but it just, mm -hmm. I was in the right place at the right it's time. It's R&R. Rest and recreation. Okay. When you're over there, you're entitled to one R&R. Mm -hmm. &R. Everybody is. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to, every, you can go to uh, Sydney, Australia, you can go to Hong Kong, you can go to Taipei. In Taiwan, mm -hmm. um, Hawaii. Most of the married people went to Hawaii. Um, Were you married at this time? No. Okay. No, single. So you went to Taiwan. Well, the first time I went to no, I went to Hong Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Okay. Hong Kong. I did go to Taiwan. Though. Yeah. Was the uh, first time I went to. Uh, is Taiwan as crazy as everybody talks about? Taiwan is definitely a place to go. We were, I had the best time <laughs> of my life there. It was fabulous. <laughs> This hotel was fantastic. God, what was that guy's name? It was Jimmy, but he's actually a pimp. Whatever, working there, he'll yeah. fix you up. Do whatever you want. Why? It was. Does it Jimmy was sound fabulous. like a pimp name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you got off the boat, you know, just look place, up Jimmy. One of the third place, the place that was really crazy, was uh, Bangkok. Yeah. Was another R and R place. 
if you <laughs> it's it's fantastic it's very interesting but if you want to get laid or anything like that bangkok well i type well any of them actually yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but bangkok was just nuts yeah just nuts that's when i've heard about being nuts yeah, yeah. i didn't bangkok, know about taiwan being bangkok nuts, but... was and that's why i didn't i wasn't really entitled to that many r and r's but um they had it was available and and um, i said wow i had some money so what the heck Mm-hmm. Same kind of thing happened to me in the army. I ended up having to take a bunch of leave that I actually didn't want to take. Yeah. <laughs> but but I did because I had to. Yeah. 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 Were you in the army for long? Or I army? was just in for three years the first time, and then they made me go back for the whole Desert Storm thing. But I didn't do mm. much with it. I spent most of my time in Fort Bliss, Texas, waiting yeah. to go over to Iraq, and then I was there for about a week. Oh, before wow. they sent me back yeah it was oh, really stupid that's interesting and yeah, yeah. it was dumb yeah. but i was a civilian at the time but yeah. i was an inactive you know irr yeah. and they they oh, i could have gotten similar yeah, yeah i, I could have gotten out of it but i didn't know it i could have just not shown up because the people yeah. that didn't show up nothing absolutely nothing happened to them yeah um but i was very patriotic and i was kind of gung-ho because yeah. i spent most of my time in germany and um you know, other than the Cold War, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Right. And in fact, I left two weeks before the uh, the wall came down. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I missed it by that much. I missed it by two That's weeks. And Jeez. I took two months of terminal leave. Wow. So I could have, if I hadn't taken that terminal leave, I would have... Yeah. I would have been there for it. Yeah. got to get some souvenirs or something. But yeah. I was there for almost three years. And then... Wow. Um, but... Um, yeah, they... they I had moved from Phoenix to up here to... Washington, and I'd I'd moved another time in between that, and I'd I'd called the Department of the Army once I saw the bombs dropping on CNN. I called the Department of the Army and said, you know, this is my address. If you need me, this is my new address. And yeah. so, so, and then I didn't hear anything for a little while, and so I called them back again. You guys have my current address? And they, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, um. And then another week or two later, I finally got something in the mail that had been forwarded, that had been sent to Phoenix, forwarded to like, you know, Tempe, the next city I lived in, and, and then forwarded to Seattle where I was living. And so it was like, um, it was, it took like three it took weeks to get to me. To yeah. So I only had six days to pack up my house and report to Fort Bliss. So oh, it was man. kind of a hassle. But, yeah. but we're not here for me. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, yeah. But I, what I'm telling you is the yeah. things that I kind of went through. I'm kind of going. It may seem like I'm being too detailed, but really, there's no. a hell of a lot of other things that happened. It wasn't. That's just the whole what point. There's a lot of things that I did over there, but. It's the whole point of this is to get a, a real idea of, you know, and yeah. and one thing, and the reason I was asking earlier, you know, did we kind of throw this on you and, you know, you're doing it to help us out because yeah. we want to do it to, to, to give value to other people. Yeah. We yeah. want to, we want this to be something, if I'm understanding, if we understand things correctly or if I do, sure. we want it to be something for posterity, something that... that that family down the road could listen to and you know when you're gone eventually yeah. that they get something from you that it's not only their memories but because those things fade and and you want to pass them down to the next generation if you have it down like yeah. this then you kind of go on forever if, if as long as the recording's true. that's absolutely yeah. true I, I really glad I did this with my mom and dad that we got a, I got a cassette did you really oh yeah. really tell me about that, that nice how did well, that come about oh this is 
quite some time ago now. Mm-hmm. Well, you said cassette, uh, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it changes it over there. Yeah, yeah. What's a cassette? I've, I've got the tape cassette, but I can't find yeah. what happened to my cassette player. Oh, oh man. So I, I might maybe go to, I don't know, Goodwill or something, see yeah. if I've got one. That's a, but anyway, tell me about the, anyway. the, the cassette you got. Yeah. Uh, you got your parents... Right, I can oh, okay. cut it right up. I no, I don't get it. Yeah, just no, yeah. Just it's got my it. my dad and I, and, and my dad and my mom and I. We had mm-hmm. the cassettes, and we and we were just wanted some family. I wanted I wanted some family history and stuff. I wanted to find out what really was happening, and so she, I got it all on tape. She she really more so than my dad. Uh-huh. Although my dad would would talk a little bit, and my mom, ah, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. <laughs> you know, God is so typical the way yeah. I grew up. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My mom was kind of the boss. My dad, was, he was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Everybody loved my dad. He was just a wonderful guy. But my mom was really the boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I got this all on tape, and I haven't listened to it. God, it's been. I don't know, a long, long time. It must have been in, uh, God, I moved in here in 81, so it was somewhere in 80, in the 80s uh, yeah. when, I did, when I did this. But, excellent. Um, so what I need to do is get dig that out and, and find a place, something to play it on and, and uh, listen to it again. Uh, they, they, she went into details, even on, not just on my dad's side, but on my mom's side too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting stuff. Uh, Good that she knew. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, where was I? I guess. Do you want any more stories on Vietnam? No, we were asking about, um, I mean, uh, around the world, places you've been. Well, again, those three places, Mm -hmm. uh, Hong Mm -hmm. Kong, um, Taipei, and Bangkok. Mm -hmm. And again, I was single, Mm -hmm. and I I love life, Mm -hmm. and I decided what I wanted to do rather than go straight back to the United States. I really didn't have anything I needed to go back for. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, let me make a long story short, I decided what I wanted to do was see more of the world before, as part of my leave. When, you, when you're in Vietnam, you get like a month off or mm-hmm. before you go to your next assignment. My next assignment, <clears throat> I could have uh, gone to Europe, but I didn't want to extend. At that time, I was getting kind of, for a lot of reasons, I was getting kind of bitter towards the military and all that. The, the war was was just a mess. Mm-hmm. I was very anti-war kind of at that time. Anyway, I, I decided I I didn't want to extend and stay there in Vietnam. I didn't want to go to extend, go to Europe. Although looking back on it, I probably should have because Europe would have been kind of neat. But <clears throat> Europe meaning it probably would have been uh, Naples or something like that. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, I didn't, and uh, I, I mentioned when I was in supply corps school, I, you have this dream card you can put in where you'd like to go. Yeah. I do remember putting down there, it sounded kind of interesting because I was accounting major, uh, being an auditor for the Navy, Naval Audit Service, mm-hmm. and so I put that down there. Um, anyway, making a long story short, I got orders to uh, Naval Audit Service San Diego. Mm-hmm. So anyway, before I left Vietnam. I had to get a passport. So I did this in Da Nang. Um, got a passport and uh, uh, New Year's Eve 1970, literally the 31st of December. Mm-hmm. I Well, it was several days, quite a few days before that I left uh, um, 
PBR Mobile Base One went to Da Nang for my processing out and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Left on a flight. Actually, it was a, a small plane that was because I wanted to go to uh, see the world, Carter. So I wanted, so I flew to the Philippines. Took flew to uh, to uh, 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 my memory is always. <laughs> you've been out. doing great, actually. Yeah. <laughs> you've remembered a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you've been remembered a lot of my memory. Uh, I flew to um, uh, the Navy base. Uh, Oh, you're trying to think of the city in Philippines? Yeah. Um, um, is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Subic Bay. Yes, there you Subic go. Subic Bay. Uh, there's well, an airfield there also, and mm -hmm. I flew in there. This is still the 31st, and uh, caught a, uh, a kind of a cab sort of thing. Uh, a rickshaw? <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no was, I'll call it. Oh, but I think they call them jeepneys. Jeepneys. Yeah, jeepneys yeah. What it was. And I, uh, from, it's, Quite a ways from there to Manila. Anyway, I went to Manila, um, and uh, so I stayed there that night. So, and actually, a couple of days. It, it was a kind of a fun place. You didn't look yeah. out, and Muhammad Ali was boxing there. Was oh, he? Thriller in Manila. Thriller in Manila. Yeah. So anyway, from there, I I wanted to go to uh, I wanted to see Australia. So. I caught a, a military hop from uh, the air base, uh, Andrew, I think it's Anderson, or is it, uh, I think that's what it's called. Anyway, the air base there in the, in the Philippines to Bangkok. Spent another several days in Bangkok and had a ball there. But before I, and then from Bank, then I, oh, several days in Bangkok, I figured how much long I was there. But then I, from there, I, I, that's when I decided I didn't want to go to, um, to Australia. So I caught a flight from, uh, Bangkok via uh, Singapore, spent a night in Singapore, and uh, then went to Sydney. Mm. And uh, this is a, just a commercial flight. And when I got there, uh, got off the off the plane, and um, there was a bus, a couple of buses, because the people were coming on in there from R and R, Navy got or a military, Army, Navy, whatever, and. Uh, so I threw my luggage onto their cart and got on the bus and went in there into the, into, because it was, I didn't have to pay for a cab or anything. So mm -hmm. in some ways I can be kind of cheap. <laughs> now you so, were alone through this whole thing, right? I was alone, yeah. So how totally was that? Alone. Like as far as just traveling to all these exotic places without having any friends around? That... Uh, it was a challenge. Yeah. It was a challenge at times. Okay. Yeah. At times, yeah. I, I wasn't like a typical tourist though. Um, to be honest, uh, most of the time, I, I would usually shack up with, with someone, and, and <laughs> she would uh, take me to wherever I wanted to go, and she would show me around or whatever. Okay. And mm -hmm. that happened in all the places I went to, Hong Kong, Taipei, Bangkok mm -hmm. especially. Mm -hmm. um, Singapore was different. wasn't anything like that there. It was just fine. Uh, I just had a... Uh, Singapore sling and, and one of the bars there. So it was, yeah. it was, it was kind of a yeah. neat, yeah. neat place. Yeah. Very clean and very, I mean, it was almost like being back in the States in a way. I, I had a oh. Singaporean <laughs> girlfriend and she told me a lot about a place. It's, it was really, really yeah. Cool. yeah, different from all the others. Yeah. Sure. The others were all crazy. They're a lot wealthier there, I think, in yeah. Singapore, aren't they? Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of Chinese influence. Yeah. So anyway, I flew into there, uh, to Sydney. And, 
whenever you go on an R and R or this type of thing um, in Australia or any of them, the first thing they all get together in a in kind of a, a Kind of a place in an auditorium sort of thing, and then there'd be the military people up in up in front, telling you what you don't do this, do this, don't do this, and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. to go through. And, uh, uh, that probably wasn't the first time you'd ever been through something no, like that. No, no, it wasn't, and, and I wasn't wasn't part of this group, so yeah. I kind of, you know, which is probably a mistake. I got up in the middle of it and started to walk out. I I can't want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> and of course, he called me out and said, "Hey." What are you, you can't leave. You can't leave. You know, I left anyway. I was oh, yeah. Fortunately, they didn't send the MPs after me. But I, yeah. I went outside and I was able to get my luggage and uh, jumped into a cab and went into. Uh, uh, you know, one of the things they do give you a uh, handout is is um, hotels and motels and recommended places to stay. Yeah. So it isn't like I was totally uh, at the mercy. So I knew kind of where I wanted to go so mm, that's good so, anyway <laughs> helpful so i spent a week or so there and, uh, now you said <clears throat> when you were in uh, vietnam you started getting some anti-war sentiment yeah no you know I, it i don't want to paint the wrong picture at first you know I, when i went over there and the reason i volunteered and everything else i just i was kind of gung-ho and i wanted mm -hmm. to see what it was like right or you know, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I figured uh you know, I'm a supply officer. I'm uh, going to a um, a base, a ramp, being a ramp officer. What are the odds? You know, so, you know, yeah. but you never know any place yeah. around around yeah. there. You're never safe. But um, then I went to the PBR mobile base one, and uh, that was a little different. I did go out on a PBR a couple times uh, just to experience it, and uh, a couple times was enough. That was. Uh, that was kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, the time I I took a jeep down to Da Nang from up there once, and that mm. was an interesting ride. And um, mm. uh, what else? Jeez. Yeah, but towards the end, um, you, you. I mean, um, so well, yeah, America, I, Americans started to, to, you know, treated the Vietnam veterans when they were coming back, you know. Yeah. Uh, they treated them pretty badly, and they were yeah. America was anti-war for the most part at the time. And right, right. Is that uh, were you just kind of feeding off of that sentiment, or not so much that because I hadn't experienced it yet. Um, although you know you read a little bit about it, but over there in mm -hmm. 1970, you know, to be honest, you don't pay much attention to any of that over there. You, you get the uh, Stars and Stripes, which is a newspaper back then that tells you mm -hmm. for the military that tells you what's going on in the in the states, this, that, and the other. And, uh, of course, Nixon was the president and stuff, and um, you know you hear about it. You you don't really hear about it because we didn't have TVs or mm -hmm. you didn't have cell phones. Right. Yeah. So, other than the stars and stripes, it, it maybe what you hear, and that's about it. You just go about what you're doing over there. You don't really pay much attention. It's like you're in a mm -hmm. in a different world, so to speak. And sure. You have no idea. 1970. You know, it was, I, I don't know what happened in 1970 as far, really, it was part of, I don't know, what Nixon did or if that was the the year that he, no, it wasn't the year that he got out, but um, it's it's kind of hard to explain. Mm -hmm. You're just over there doing your thing and, and you don't, uh, you know, yeah, occasionally you'd be able to go, uh, like I was able to, 
talk to my brother from Hong Kong. I, he said, when I, if I do buy a letter, he said, uh, call him. Reverse the charges and that sort of thing. So I did mm-hmm. and uh, talked to him. But outside of that, and there's, in Vietnam also, they have, at the larger bases, they have um, booths where you can go in and call mm-hmm. your parents or your wife or, your, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I can remember they were sitting on the beach at Da Nang. Um, uh, it's kind of a little mini R&R for the military, uh, mostly Army. And um, I remember a couple of people, a couple of guys down there on the beach, and they had their, uh, their cassette tape, you know, and they were talking into it, and they were also, they were had they were running it from tapes they got from the States. And, and uh, you know, it was kind of sad, actually, to listen to some of that. But anyway, I'm kind of getting off the subject. No, no. Well, I was going to ask you, so, because you said it was kind of hard to explain, and I can, under, yeah. I can understand why it would be hard to explain, but I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you, um, was it a sense that, what you were doing over there wasn't appreciated by the people that were there or that it was hopeless? No, or... what happened was um, <clears throat> I saw a lot being an officer, but I wasn't in the, I don't want to give you the impression. I mean, I, I. You don't have to worry about any of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have the, I mean, it was just my, my feeling, my, my mm-hmm. understanding of what mm-hmm. was going on. To me, it was just, I see all this, Thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment, and um, just being either lost or at that time we were starting to turn things over to the Vietnamese. Hmm. Uh, they were starting to gradually take over from the U.S. And um, you know we were we were training them how to run PBRs and all this and that, which was a total waste of time because. Those, those are very complicated boats, and you have to have not just the technology, but you have to have the support to fix it. These are, uh, uh, they're not propellers, they're uh, jet engines that run these mm-hmm. things, and so it's not a simple a simple thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, you have to have, be able to apply fiberglass, and you have to have a fiberglass shop, and all this sort of stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was just, it just seemed like a total waste. I mean... The millions and millions of dollars that are spent. I mean, the only ones that were really benefiting were the contractors that were over there. Really, yeah, yeah, right. to be honest. Yeah. They were making a mint. Yeah. And they had all the the military guys doing these things that, uh, you know, you, you didn't get paid all that much. Yeah. Funny how things don't really seem to change over the well, years. Well, they did, and then they've kind of come full circle back to that, you know, people are start, mm-hmm. starting to realize that, you know, we keep getting involved in these foreign wars and it doesn't benefit us at all. And uh, we're losing the lives of our American yeah. men and women, and mostly men. Yeah, but... I mean, the body count, we're always reading about, you know, not just the body count for the Vietnamese, but you're reading about no, like, Americans getting killed all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. Um, That's what we care about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm like, um, but... At that time, when I was over there, it wasn't like it is now where um, you might have contractors in the galley and serving food and all that sort of stuff. No, that was, at that time, we still had military cooks and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we, we kind of did our own thing mm-hmm. and everything. We didn't have contractors doing any of that. But um, Although I, I 
I, I suppose it's possible they did in the larger bases, maybe at, at Fubai or down in Da Nang. This is the first time I've really talked about it. Actually. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were so, finally uh, doing it because it's been a while since then. Yes, it has. <laughs> yeah. A lot's happened. A lot's yeah. happened. But, you know, it's not, you know, Would you say nobody that, really wants to talk about it. So yeah. Really, I, well, especially since, you know, the people weren't appreciated anywhere near no. as much as they should have been. I mean, the, the, I, I was always, yeah. cause, you know, was, I was born in 69, so I was just coming up as just barely old enough to hear about this kind of yeah. stuff. And, um, you know, I look at it as, a, you know, first of all, most people didn't have a choice. They had to go serve their country. How anybody would get upset with that, I have no idea. Oh, they um, did. Yeah. yeah. But it, but how they did, how did they yeah. justify that in their mind? I don't understand it, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, to have to go through, you know, and I, I understand. And just like me, you know, neither one of us had to get into big firefights or anything like that. I'm, I'm totally right there with you. Yeah. Um, and actually, the... It's probably only about maybe thirty percent who are in a lot of the firefights. Yeah, the vast majority were all the support people. Right, because you need so action. much support, especially yeah. overseas like that in the jungle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it was, uh, mm. But um, but you know you're you're sacrificing even if you're not in intense combat. You're you're you are a risk no matter what, and you oh, yeah. and, and you you don't know what's going to happen. You for know? example, at the base, twenty four mm -hmm. hours a day. Every minute or so, before we had um, sandbag uh, places on the, on the top deck of mm -hmm. all these barges mm -hmm. all around us, and the guy would be up there, he had a M16, and I don't know what else they might have had. But what they're doing all the time, all, the, all day long, all night long, mm -hmm. we're throwing concussion grenades over the side, mm -hmm. all, all four locations. Mm -hmm. So... All, you get used to it after a while. Mm -hmm. You know, a concussion grenade, when it goes off, if you're not in the water, it, it doesn't sound too bad. But this is a metal barge, mm -hmm. and the minute it explodes out there, <laughs> oh, goodness. it echoes on that on I, that metal, and it's bet, really loud. I didn't know that. I guess the reason is because they were worried about sappers uh, coming in underwater or mm, whatever. That's or, what I was thinking of so. when you said that. I'd never heard of that before, though. That's interesting. Yeah. I, in fact, I was one of my respons responsibilities to go up to uh, Fubai to, to get to the uh, the weapons uh, section there and uh, get mm -hmm. hand, get, uh, not hand grenades, but con get concussion grenades and bring wow. them back. So. We went through a lot of that. You get it used to it. Sounds like it. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and you and it's just your time. You know, that's a time of your life. And now, even yeah. though you had to have a, 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 some good memories when you're on R and R, the rest of the time you're you're doing your duty. And for people to yeah. be upset with the veterans coming oh, yeah. back that is, is just yeah. yeah. When we when, I, when we were you know in the stars and stripes, you read about uh, who was it? Uh, God, Jane Fonda. I think mm -hmm. to, uh, oh yeah. Sitting on that our entire artillery, entire aircraft gun. We felt that was that was really. She's at it again now. She's doing junk like that now again. Really? Yes, she's she's all you know, calling our soldiers baby killers again and doing all that stuff and yeah, she's just she's out of control again. She she tried to apologize. She tried. She really did for a while, and it took her forever. I think she like maybe ten years ago she came out to apologize and said she didn't realize that they were using her for propaganda and blah blah blah. 
But she didn't learn her lesson. She's just back at it again. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that happens, and it's not to say that every soldier is perfect. You know, there's going to be that's going to happen, and there's some bad soldiers too. Yeah. But you know, they probably have experiences too. When you're seeing your enemy yeah. doing committing acts of atrocity towards you, yeah. a lot of people will, you know, they mm-hmm. it's going to yeah. flip a switch in your mind. You know, they may not have been bad people to start with, or and they may not be bad people now. They may have just done something yeah. bad. You know. But you know, I really thought the the war was a waste, not because of necessarily because of the money, although that was bad. Yeah. Uh, the waste of material and everything. Effort. But, but all the lives that are lost. Yeah. Over there, it just seemed crazy. Mm-hmm. You know. You know for what? We, we, did, we knew eventually we were turning things over to the Vietnamese. We're all gonna. Leave. We knew that was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Mm-hmm. It just seems. <clears throat> Well, as yeah. I'm sure you're well aware, the French were doing the stuff before we got there. Exactly. We didn't yeah. learn any lessons from the French as far as, like, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be here. I know. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah. That's true. They like, figured it out. Why, were, why did we invade Iraq, for yeah. example? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm digressing. Yeah, not good enough. When I, anyway, <laughs> when I, to back, back up just a little bit, when I left um, uh, Cindy... I, I flew actually uh, not right back to the states. I flew uh, to Taipei. Yeah, I flew to Taipei. Is that your second time? The second time, okay. actually. Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's the second time I went to Taipei. Okay. Yeah, went to the same place. Nice. And I was able to. Uh, in Taipei, the uh, uh, the military had a. a the, they had flights. No, I got a commercial flight from from Taipei to uh, Hawaii to Honolulu. Mm. While I was there in in Hawaii, and I spent a day or two there. Um, they, uh, I was able to, you know, the military. You can go like art. I'm not art. Or you can go uh, space available. Of course, I was under orders, so there wasn't any problem. But they had a flight. It was a a turboprop or a prop four-engine plane, mm-hmm. and, and he's sitting in these web seats, and everything. It's really loud, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway, this thing, it, it, it went from Hawaii to uh, San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when I finally made it. So I didn't really experience going through uh, the crowds in the airport, because okay. I went to a military airport, and mm-hmm. from there, I, I made friends with another couple that were flying back also. They were retired, mm-hmm. and um, they were going down... Uh, towards uh, San Diego, so they gave me a ride. Yeah, so, nice. yeah. I, I, I arrived back home. Do you remember when you where you were when uh, they announced the moon landing? I have no idea. Really? Yeah. It's sixty nine. Yeah. Oh, in sixty nine. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was at uh, Supply Corps school. Oh goodness! So you had you yeah. had to sacrifice missing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a Supply Corps school. In fact. Well, I was in a, we, we rented a house, me and five other guys, and uh, one of the guys, one of the guys there uh, wanted to record it. Yeah? I thought, yeah, I didn't want to record that for. I, really? I, I just wasn't into it. Kind I of. was going to ask you, you know, was that something that you were fascinated with or anything? No, no? not at all, yeah. really. I mean, okay. You know, I wasn't anyway. Okay, well, this interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> <laughs> I am now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That's right. That was the summer of '69. That's where yeah. I was. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, okay. In, in Athens, Georgia. Um, but okay. um, anyway, that was... Uh, anyway, All right, so, so yeah, let's see, we've got your... Naval officers. Okay, go ahead. So you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to go through Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, you're coming back home from Vietnam now. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you met a, a couple on your return in my, trip? In my round the Pacific circuit, yeah. when I finally ended up in Hawaii, mm-hmm. I met a couple that were yeah. on their way back also to the States. Yeah, did you guys they, become pretty they, good friends? Well, pretty good. They, okay. were, they were nice. Yeah, oh, okay. They were retired military and they, and they, you know, they knew I was coming back from Vietnam, although not directly back from Vietnam, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, they offered and I accepted and I give, for them to give me a ride down to San Diego. You know, mm-hmm. that's about a hundred miles from, yeah. nice. from LA down to San Diego. Did you stay in contact with them? No. Oh, okay. Just, okay. It was just a mutual. So where does your wife come in? That was quite a, quite a ways later. Yeah. Um, uh, we met, I was still in, see, I was in the Navy and I got out in 1975. Okay. Um, active duty. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I put in six years total active duty. Got out in 75 and, uh, <clears throat> that's when I was on a ship. I was a supply officer of the USS Gray. Hmm. DE-1054. You do remember lots of details. Yeah. <laughs> Which ironically ended up over here at the shipyard oh, uh, wow. being, to be decommissioned. Uh-huh. Oh. You said DE-1054? Anyway. Yeah. What's DE? Destroyer? Destroyer Escort. De- oh, Destroyer Escort. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're the one that carry all the bombs and stuff, huh? Um, you can tell he's that he's got a lot of military okay. experience on the bombs. <laughs> all the bombs. Yeah, all the ships they they drop bombs. <laughs> Shells. Well, it was like a like an air like an airplane or something. Uh, so we we had ships, uh, torpedoes, and, and uh, depth chargers. We were mostly uh, we we guarded the carriers and, and anti-submarine okay. type stuff. Mm. You know, we did mainly. Uh, anyway, uh, but anyway, so when when did you meet your wife? Soon after, maybe uh, roughly six months to a year after I got out of the navy, I um, <clears throat> went back to the naval audit service as I got a job with them as a civilian this time. Mm-hmm. But the only opening they had was in the Bay Area, San Francisco. To act, not actually San Francisco. It was uh, in uh, Oakland. Uh, Alameda, there was a naval air station there, and then there's a shipyard. Uh, uh, it's no longer open. God, it's no longer open. Yeah, that's why I'm None of that is open anymore. Even the air station, I think, is closed. Yeah, it is. Um, but there was, at that time anyway, there was still, there, like, there was a couple of shipyards. There was Hunter's Point and the one up at, uh, God, what's the name of it? Mare Island, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, That's where my uh, uncle worked, and then when it closed yeah. down, he got sent up a, here. Yeah, and Nixon yeah. closed them all. Yeah, Nixon. was it Nixon that did that? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Nixon. Huh. Anyway, uh, at that time, they were still operating. We had a, a small office at um, Mare Island. We had a small office at the Naval Supply Center at the Alameda base, um, which also uh, audited the um, air station that was there. And there was another uh, office of well, we're at Hunter's Point. So anyway, I was assigned to, uh, I was in Oakland. 
Mm -hmm. To make a long story short, um, I lived in an apartment complex uh, in Alameda. Uh, um, and um, one day I saw this lovely looking damsel. Uh, next, I happened to have an apartment that overlooked the pool. Mm -hmm. And she was over there sitting in a lounge chair in a bikini. She looked fantastic. Mm -hmm. God. <laughs> so being my macho self, I go go down there and start talking to her and this and that and the other. And, and uh, one thing led to another, and the next thing I know, we ended up in her apartment. And it was love at first sight, maybe on both sides. I don't know. Somehow yeah. it worked. Mm -hmm. So I make and so I eventually, not too much longer, I moved in with her, mm -hmm. and uh, we got married. And this is this would have been. 76, 75, 76. Mm -hmm. We got married in August of 77. Okay. So, I don't I think, know if that makes any sense. But it, there was some romance. I mean, there was, uh, you know, we went dancing with each other. What day did you get married? What, uh, what day did you get married in August? August the 6th. Or was it the 8th? <laughs> oh. on the spot. Oh. <laughs> we never remember our anniversaries, <laughs> isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's, it's a six. That's ah. okay. You get to keep your guy license. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember. You have to, to take it away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What uh, <clears throat> was there? Was there a moment or something that she did or said where you're like, I have to marry this girl? <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. Let's not get too graphic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know how sometimes you're. Um, I had a guy roommate at the time, and uh, I wasn't really dating or doing anything other than occasionally, you know, you'd go out to the different bars or clubs or whatever and try to pick somebody up or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wasn't having a lot of luck in. Uh, then I met someone at a, at a bar and we agreed to meet a, a few days later or a weekend later or something like that. Anyway, um, I guess what I'm babbling about is sometimes you, you can't get anywhere with anybody. And then other times it's like, it's like you're, you, you, you hit the jackpot. <laughs> yeah. Like I met this Marine, of, and her name is Marine. Um, there and, and we had we had a great time, but I had a date that night with this girl I met at this other place. <laughs> and I went went to her and, and uh, see her, and we go back go to a party, and then afterwards we go back to her place. And, um, uh, <laughs> the crazy thing is, by then I was really kind of spent, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so it didn't work. It wasn't as as good of a. Well, it was, it was, we had, I had a good time, but it wasn't the same. I, I kept, oh, the whole time I was thinking of Marine, actually. So to yeah. answer your question, mm -hmm. I think that first day I realized. Although, mm, that's good. to be honest, I never really thought about marriage. I mean, I, yeah. I wanted to be with her. Mm -hmm. I really was falling in love with her. But, but I, marriage? God, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, mm. Finally, it was, wasn't too much long after that I thought the question so, by my math, you were 31 when you got married. Yeah, I was in my 30s, yeah. Okay. 31, maybe 32, I can't remember, but yeah. That's pretty smart. 36, yeah. Do you have anything for the kids these days who are thinking about doing something as foolish as getting married? Well, the, 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to no, no, no. steer you in a certain direction. No, but... no. I, I would say, based on my experience, um, I first off, I would always recommend that you live with the person before you marry the person, just to see okay. what they're really like. Mm -hmm. That's just the way I feel. I know that's not Sound. really, it's probably not the religious way of doing it, mm -hmm. but anyway. Um, I... Uh, there's two ways of looking at it. If you're going to have kids, which of course we did, but by the time we had our kids, we were like in our mid-30s and such. Mm -hmm. And so you're a little bit older. In some ways, it'd be better to do it when you're in your 20s, when you're younger. Because mm -hmm. you have a lot more energy. Not that I have <laughs> energy, but you, uh -huh. it just it's easier. On the other hand, when you're a little bit older and you're established and you're working and maybe she's working, you're both working or whatever, it's it's a lot easier financially, mm -hmm. so um, it's it's hard to say which way to go really. I, I don't know. I I'm no expert on it. Be, believe me, but I would say, um, I could see it going either way. They either get married younger. The only drawback is if you get married younger is uh, the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. you know. Of course, you can be older and still have financial sure. problems too. Yeah. <laughs> Just Maybe ask one of you. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you answered that question. No, oh, that's uh, that's okay. I'm yeah. so let's say you got married in '77. Yeah. What was her name? Maureen. Maureen. M-A-U-R-E-E-N. Maureen okay. Cooney. Mm -hmm. She was 100% Irish. I got her information written down in here. Oh, the last okay. time we chatted, oh, <laughs> she was a clown. Went to clown yes. school in, yeah. I want to say, Nepal? Naples? Naples. Naples. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. This yeah. is before you married her? No, this is after it. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I was still working for the audit service, and they wanted volunteers. Uh, they were opening up a new site in Naples because they wanted to have somebody, a team there closer to do the, the Sixth Fleet and the support. There to audit and keep them honest. <laughs> anyway, so I volunteered and I was picked. So, so we went there to Naples. That's how I ended up going there. And uh, she has since passed. Yes. How, how long has it been since she um, it left was, us? Um, June 14th, uh, or is it the 15th? Uh, 20, uh, 2015. Mm -hmm. I think it must be sad for you. It was. Yeah. It was, it was pretty mm -hmm. traumatic. Was it? Did you? Did you have to go through? She was. She. I didn't know it was as bad as it ended up, but uh, she was disabled in some ways. Um, uh, she had a disease called RDS, uh, uh, which is. Uh, uh, Reflex RSD, I mean, not RD, RSD, Reflex Sympathetic Dystrophy Syndrome, RDS. Hmm. Uh, Must be kind of rare. It is. It is rare. Um, and it comes about usually when you have an injury, mm -hmm. not necessarily a serious injury, but a fairly mm -hmm. significant injury, and um, it isn't treated right. And somehow, I'm not sure if I can explain it, but somehow um, 
at that time anyway. I don't even know if the doctors really understood it completely, but it, it uh, there's a, a sympathetic nerve is the nerves in your system that um, work in conjunction with your uh, your normal your just your basic uh, functions such as breathing. You know, you go to sleep mm -hmm. at night, you're gonna breathe. And mm -hmm. what keeps it going is this, the sympathetic nerves that keeps it keeps it moving. Mm. Uh, that sends a signal to your muscles to work and to expand your chest or whatever. While you're sleeping, um, yeah. Everything from uh, blinking your eyes or, or whatever, just the, just the real basic stuff. Yeah. And what happens is, is somehow it, and I don't know if it's a disease or what exactly, I don't know enough about it, but it, it the sympathetic nerve uh, tricks the brain through the spinal column thinking that you're injured at that particular spot. But when the doctors look at, say it's your leg or whatever, there's nothing there that would signify all this pain and this mm -hmm. agony you're in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, a disease that was not really well known and unfortunately we had a hard time finding a doctor. You know, you go from doctor mm -hmm. to doctor to doctor to doctor, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, it just goes on and on and on. And um, some of them started prescribing, because it's very painful, pain medicine mm -hmm. and such. And of course, we didn't know anything about the problems that pain medicine would cause, mm -hmm. you know, these narcotics. And uh, um, she also had installed it within her that we, uh, I, uh, Oh, it's a it's a metal thing that's uh, full of uh, it's you have to get injected every once in a while, every so often with um, oh God, what's it called now? Um, you know when you're when you're uh, when you're going into an operation, they put something in you to make you go to sleep. An anesthetic. Uh, it's an anesthetic. I use a name for it. I can't think okay. of what it's called now. Anyway, it's okay. and it. It, and it, it's got a little computerized thing in it, and it injects a small amount into your spinal column. Oh, and that, in theory, would be would mean that you wouldn't have to take all this medicine all the time. Mm -hmm. That this will counteract, in theory, anything, mm -hmm. but it really didn't work. Mm -hmm. So she was taking that. In addition, they, she started getting medicines also. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think now that I look back on it, I think that's what finally caused her. Uh, to pass away. Uh, it happened at night one time, one night. In, uh, in fact, the pain was so bad, she moved into the other bedroom over here, upstairs, and mm -hmm. so I was in the bedroom over here. And um, I'll always remember, I thought I heard a, a cry out sort of thing, but that wasn't unusual, because she would do that a lot. Mm -hmm. I didn't think of it, I went back to sleep. I got up the next morning, and I went in there to check on her, and, uh, uh, something didn't look right. She was kind of a, across the bed rather than at the length of the bed, and with her head kind of hanging down. But I thought, thought that maybe she's asleep or something. Anyway, I don't like a long story short. She was, she had passed. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I called nine one one and all that. I came, and then the coroner came. And, mm -hmm. So you know, between all the sirens and everything else, guys, and then mm -hmm. uh, I called. Uh, my son, Michael, or Matt, Matt. And prior to, uh, several years before that, my other, my oldest son, Michael, died. Oh, really? Uh, so that's, 
that was pretty traumatic also. I bet. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was in some ways even more traumatic. The son? Yeah. yeah. I can understand well, that, was, that too. That was, that was died early. That you was know, earlier. That was uh, 2000, I think 2011 when he passed. Did he yeah. have an accident? Again, in, on my birthday, June 9th. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Mm. What, did yeah. he have an accident? Um, it all started uh, when he was, uh, 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 he delivered newspapers, the Bremerton Sun. Mm-hmm. At that time, it was an afternoon paper then. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he was, there's a dirt driveway a little ways over, ways over here, uh, going out to this fairly busy street. Well, Riddell mm-hmm. up here. And a uh, big pickup truck with a big giant tire on the front of it was coming towards him out the, out the driveway, the dirt driveway. And uh, he stopped. And Michael thought he saw him. Mm-hmm. And um, he was on his bike, so he started pedaling across on the site. Well, it's not really a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And he came, because he was looking this way, I guess, because he was mm-hmm. looking at the oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. And he gunned it because he wanted to get out there to beat this other, this motorcycle that was coming up. Mm-hmm. It's kind of on a, it's on a hill over here. Mm-hmm. And um, hit Michael, totally demolished his bike. Mm-hmm. He was knocked out for I don't know how long. And... Um, um, but they didn't call the police, didn't call 911 or nothing. They just uh, got him and uh, they brought him back to the house. I was at work and uh, they him and well, the bike was here, and, uh, totally demolished. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but he seemed like he was, he, he was okay. Um, but he wasn't really. And... Um, he was practically a straight-A student in school, contrary to what I was. <laughs> in that sense, he followed, him, followed his mom because she was very smart. Mm-hmm. He was very smart, too. Uh, anyway, uh, well, I don't want to get into too many details, but uh, it, it was several years. Um, he, um, mentally, he started becoming psychotic and... and uh, he was imagining things. He was talking to things, and uh, he saw things that weren't really there. And uh, it was just really—it was getting worse and worse and worse. And how old was he? Uh, he was. Um, well, let's see. That would have been from junior, junior high to high school. So that would have been. Uh, so when he was teens. Well, he would have been. He finished ninth grade, between ninth grade and tenth grade. So I don't know. 14, 15. Yeah. Young teenager. Yeah, young yeah. teenager. 14, that's, that's good enough. Yeah. Um, so it was quite a while from then until when he, because he was, he went back to school and he's, he was doing pretty good, but he wasn't really doing well, but he was hmm. still getting B's and A's and uh, he was able to get accepted into the University of Washington. So that, mm-hmm. he did well. Um, mm-hmm. But something wasn't quite right. Um, and anyway, he went over there to the University of Washington, and, and uh, making a long story short, he didn't do really well. He had a hard time making friends, and he was still having some pain, not just his head, but his shoulder was also hurt. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pain, among other things, and couldn't sleep, he, he finally just, uh, after two years, he had to give it up. Mm-hmm. So he came back. He was here at the house. 
and uh, it wasn't long after that. He was on, um, we were seeing a, taking him over to see a psychiatrist over in uh, Bellevue, because uh, there aren't too many uh, psychiatrists around who mm -hmm. deal with this sort of thing. And uh, <coughs> he was giving him some medicine for it and stuff. And, uh, uh, because he was still in a lot of pain, they put, yeah, his mom talked him into it, put in that same little disc where it sits, where it sends morphine to the spine. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was also on a lot of pain medicine too. Mm. So between that and the psychotic medicine, um, I'll never forget the night before it happened. Uh, you know, the doctor said he's got to take this medicine. And so um, that evening, uh, he had he had to take his medicine. So I went down and I, and I was going to give it to him. And uh, I had a glass of water and a pill and a mic on. And he turned at me, looked at me, and uh, not at the time I thought. It was scary. His eyes were dilated and were yellow, kind of like this really wild look in his mm -hmm. eyes. But I thought the medicine would help, so I gave it to him. He took it, and um, um, I thought he would be okay. I thought, you know, he was sleeping in, in fact, in the chair in there, as a matter of fact, that uh, mm -hmm. lazy boy chair, mm -hmm. um, because he just, that's where he wanted to sleep. Um, the next morning, uh, I came down. Um, that was when the NFL playoffs were were, in, were going. This is in June, and um, I turned on the TV in there and uh, sat down on the couch. Michael was in the chair. I just thought he was sleeping because mm -hmm. he he's he sleeps a lot. And uh, look over at him. I try to talk to him, and no response. Yeah, something's not right here. I go over to him. And I realized he wasn't breathing. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh shit. So I called 911, had them come and uh, tried to resuscitate him. I uh, got him down on the floor. And, uh, but he, he, I don't know when he died, but he, he, was, he was gone. Mm. Uh, so. Goodness. It's a long story. I didn't mean to bore you with No, it. we asked. I, That's not boring at all. It's sad. It's sad. Yeah. This is the it, you know, from when he was a young teenager to when he was an adult in the in his twenties, mm -hmm. it's a long time actually. So it's, I don't want to say that the truck hitting him accident caused all this, but mm -hmm. that's when it all started. Sounds like yeah. it did. Yeah. Sounds yeah. the most logical that thing a, too. Yeah, that was the the rock just, that started the snowball. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm so sorry that he had to uh, deal with all that. Yeah, it was uh, hard because he was right next to me, and I was sitting mm. on this stupid couch watching mm. the football game. I mean, the basketball yeah. game. Jeez. Mm. So well, I mean, you had to blame myself know? sometimes. Well, know, so. I hope you will stop doing him, that. Maybe if I hadn't given him that medicine. Well, I got I got to ask you, Grant, yeah. since yeah. especially since you've had a couple of, of losses that are real close to you like that, mm. and you seem to seem to be. You know, you seem to be in good spirits right now. You know, or at least today. Yeah, I yeah. I keep it I keep it buried in. in uh... Yeah. Positive for a second. I want to have a a good positive attitude, and I've always felt that way. And I want to, you know, I like to. 
to be friendly and help people as best I can. Well, this is going to help people down the road, hopefully. You know, it's uh, it's the reason why I'm doing this recording and and putting together, hopefully, a podcast uh, for strength, experience, hope for anyone who's listening to this to know, oh, okay. First of all, that they're not alone. Something just hit me just then. I hadn't talked about it. You know, a really long time. Yeah. So, anyway. But, <clears throat> but there are several people out there who have had loss, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'll and, be in for, I'm not, it's nothing unique to me. No, no, but, but huh. you have a, a joviality about yourself that, <laughs> that I enjoy, you know. Yeah, From no, the moment I, I met you, I was like, I like this yeah, guy. I really no, I, I like you too. Yeah. I so. really had something I fell upon with you, kind of. But yeah, yeah. Um, I try to be. Yeah. I mean, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be... I mean, I want to be around people that are fun to be with. Yeah. I, I look at life as... Uh, like my dad. Um, it's... You know, you got to enjoy yourself while you can. You only have so much time to live. That's you never good, know when it might happen. You could walk out there and get run over by a truck or something. and mm-hmm. You never know. So. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a, a, a view that I'm starting to, to um, develop now is... We're really just a blip in the eye in 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 the grand scheme of things. Yeah, you know this yeah. planet has been around for millions of years or whatever. I know. And it, what's scary is you keep reading about you know, and then the planet is heating up. The weather's changing. I mean, mm-hmm. you wonder, God, are we going to be able to survive? You know, not. I don't mean by tomorrow, but I mean mm-hmm. you know by the year. I'll be long gone, but by the year twenty one hundred, it it you have to kind of wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Don't buy property next to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I know, huh? Yeah. That's a, that's a scary proposition. But um, yeah. I, I just read something recently or, or seen something on a video or something recently about uh, uh, the climate change is due to uh, solar blips. Solar, like the sun yeah. does, has its, you know, cycles and seasons too. Oh, yeah. And so when the sun... Throws off solar flares and stuff. That's what really causes climate change to us. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it, it, yeah. it was a little scary to read that though. Going, oh wow. Yeah, I'm sure it yeah. does. Um, that's yeah. that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but um, uh, I am curious about um. You mentioned something. You know, you're not super religious, but uh, do you have any uh, spiritual views you want to share? Um, my, um, I, I was raised a Catholic, mm-hmm. went to catechism and all that stuff, uh, but, um, I have a, kind of a, a basic belief in a way, but as I've gotten older, I've, and I've seen so much, I sometimes, I'm not so sure, um, I, uh, I think there's something out there. You know, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but sometimes I think I have a, a guardian angel by me or something. Because there's been several times when, like when I fell off the roof, or uh, over in Naples, we had a major accident where the car ran off the road I was driving and totally flipped on the other side of a ditch. Mm-hmm. And everybody was fine. I was fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was fine. It's just like sometimes it just seems like. When I fell off the roof, I remember 
it, it felt like I was just kind of floating. Yeah. I had that, even though I was kind of unconscious, I had that feeling that I was just relaxed. And like it took forever. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And maybe I was on the ground and thinking, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that plus, um, when my dad was, was dying, um, he, he saw this light at the end of, in the hospital at the end of the bed. Mm -hmm. And he was seeing some of his relatives mm -hmm. there. Of course, mm -hmm. there was no one there or anything mm -hmm. we could see. And he kept talking about that. Mm. So I, it kind of makes me wonder sometimes that, you know, I, first off, I, I can't believe that everybody in this world, in all, all, from all of humanity, that they've either gone to heaven or hell. I mean, can you imagine how many people would be up there? It just doesn't make any sense. And uh, I, I think a lot of that was just made up by the... Um, um, not necessarily the, the Catholic religion, but the institutions. Because, you know, actually, when the, you think about it, in a way, and this may be blasphemous, but the Bible was written, you know, a long time after Jesus' death. Mm -hmm. um, so even though everybody believes in it, and I don't necessarily don't believe in it to some extent, but mm -hmm. I, I sometimes question some of the stuff. Some of it doesn't make any sense, you know. Mm -hmm. Some of the things in it, that you just, there's no way that could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. But maybe, who knows? Um, mm -hmm. I, so I, I guess, I don't know if I'm making any sense to you, but I, even though I was raised to believe in all that, I, I, I kind of don't. Mm -hmm. I just keep that to myself because that's a very touchy, that and politics are two areas <laughs> you really don't want to get into. Yeah. <laughs> I keep trying to tell him that too. He yeah. he, he thinks politics is the bee's knees. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm addicted to politics right uh, at this yeah. point. You got to be careful because uh, now, especially now with Trump and everything, you know, people mm -hmm. it's a lot of Trump supporters and a lot of non-Trump supporters. So. Oh, I love it. I love the fact that he's our president. I'm just like, yeah, because oh, it, it says a whole lot about the um the the political climate of the rest of of the country. Yeah, and they're just like. I'm tired of listening to all these people be politicians and are they lying? Who's lying the least? Who's lying? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're just gonna, we're just gonna um, elect this guy who isn't a politician. No. Yeah. And yeah. who cares? He may just... be a mob boss, but what the heck? <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, not, he's a not a politician. He's not a politician. Sick yeah. of politicians. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's funny. But, yeah. uh, but you know, with religion, you gotta be careful because you know, sure. some, um, I personally feel, you know, a lot of the, the religious right are a little bit overboard to some mm -hmm. extent, but that's just me. Well, you have to kind of, I think, convince yourself of something that's hard to be convinced of mm -hmm. if, yeah. you know, and you, you can either let yourself believe something yeah. with lack of evidence, in with faith, but that that's helps. That's what it is, yeah. faith. That's yeah. faith. And yeah. like I said, when I experienced this with my dad, mm -hmm. um, Maybe there is. It's hard to say. It's hard, you know. I don't want. That's why I'm saying yeah. I, I don't really believe it, but yet, yeah. God, there's something. On probably... the other, there's something on the other side that I. It may not be necessarily a heaven or a, or a hell. But yeah. There's, but there's something, and I can't put my. I have no. And I'll probably nobody ever will know. Yeah. You know. 
Uh, yeah. Well, they That's certainly the won't be able to report back to the rest of us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's the problem. You know, sometimes you read about people that have uh, been clinically dead, and then they came back to life, and they reported, you know, floating above mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. hospital room or or the mm-hmm. whatever. I find that hard to believe, but you know, I mean, who am I to say it's that? One of those things, yeah. really Let me I tell you a story about <laughs> when I fell off the roof. Yeah. Is uh. We had the ladder up against the roof, and then the, and it was, this is in North Dakota, and it was yeah. like ice all over the ground and everything. <clears throat> and my helper, I kept, anytime I was coming up on the roof or down the roof, I would holler at my helper, hey, hold the ladder still, right? Yeah. And this is what, I was just finally finished up on the roof, and I'm yelling at him, hey, Jim, Jim, <laughs> Jim! And I got so mad, and I just went and I hit that first rung and the ladder just whoop slipped oh, away and yeah. it was it was only an eight foot fall but it seemed to take about 25 minutes <laughs> hey, that's right uh, and the whole time I'm like I gotta stop I gotta quit this job <laughs> yeah, the whole way down I'm just like oh that's amazing that's oh, what happened my poor you. life choices <laughs> oh, oh wow yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I fell yeah. off a ladder a couple times when I was doing window washing, but luckily I always landed on my feet. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. I used to take chances though because you're trying to get to all those windows, putting the ladders in different places, and trying to reach over and squeegee stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the ladder, oh, the ladder just goes. Uh, I just got used to just jumping off of it if it would start to fall. <laughs> I can't imagine those guys that are up in those scaffoldings on these big towers oh, yeah. washing the windows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. My heart is pounding. Yeah. Every time yeah. I look up at those guys, I'm like, this is the moment that it's going to fail. Oh, I'm watching it. Come on. Get your camera. Yeah. He's Eyewitness news. Yeah. yeah. Never does. Yeah. 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 Oh, Terrible. All right. Well, um, we're going to wrap it up here a little bit, but i got a couple of rapid fire questions for you. How about. Um, Books. You mentioned reading. Mm. Reading's important. Yes. What? Uh, any books that you would recommend? Must reads. Um, I like uh, *Sapiens*. Is a good book. And there's *Sapiens*. *Sapiens*. *Homo sapiens*. *Sapien*. *Sapiens*. S A P I E N or something like that. Yeah. I've got it upstairs. I don't remember the name of the author, but *Sapien*. And he's written a follow-on. Sapien, which I also have, but I haven't read that one yet, but I've read Sapien. It's, okay. it's really interesting. goes back into the, the dawn of man and comes forward. Is the same guy who read, like wrote 1491? No. No, mm, totally okay. different. Now, that was an interesting book, too. I yeah. was, was going to mention that also. 1491. Oh, okay. And there seems like there's a follow-on. 1492, 
Sapien, 1491, 1493. Yeah. So, uh, of all your years, you these ones are only less than 10 years old. Those well, books. those are the recent ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's other books that I've read before that I thought were really great, too. Yeah. Um, you know, going way back. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, gee, there was... Some uh, classics. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a, there's a number of I mean, a good book should be able to last Jeez. the time. Catch-22 was, was a Catch-22? Yeah. That was the military, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't about the military? There was a movie made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back, would they make it in the 50s or 60s? Uh, 60s, I yeah, think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? There's, um, oh, what's that movie? It had the uh, Simon and Garfunkel scene in it. It was um, The Graduate. The Graduate? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a movie. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Books. That's okay. Yeah. Movies that's, is fine, too. Yeah. Oh, the movie I thought that was. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. 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 Uh, what that? What movie is that? The Graduate. The Graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a classic for sure. Classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's more of my time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and also one of the things that, that carries on though. I mean, yeah. it's not forgotten. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's got some great music in it. If you like. Speaking yeah. of music. Like Simon yeah. Mark, that's my next yeah. question. Uh oh. Yeah. Music. What's your uh, what's your uh, favorite? Well, going back to my old times, I guess uh, Simon and Garfunkel. I love them. Okay. Uh, uh, let's see, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. That was they put out some great music. Yeah. Uh, the Who. Uh, Quite contrasting. Iron Butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Probably. Lately now, though, I'm more, I've kind of listened more to, to some extent, um, classics and such. Uh, classical. Classical, mm-hmm. yeah. Symphony. Uh, mainly for, through my wife, she got me into kind of listening to things like, uh, oh, like the Three Tenors, uh, that's on PBS occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. Pavarotti. Uh, Pavarotti. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only one I'll remember. I do remember the title of the Three Tenors, uh, though. You remember the city? Yeah. 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 Did you had you really do you happen awesome. to catch um Pavarotti uh he did a He's dead now. Yeah, He's before dead. he died, not long before he died. He might have seen it with uh, James Brown. Did you see him do the James Brown? No. I yeah, so they did a they did a yeah, James Brown and Pavarotti got together and they they did a cover of um It's a Man's World. Uh-huh. And and they had a symphony playing music, and they had Pavarotti, you know, yeah. doing the singing parts, and James Brown saying it's a man's world. You yeah. know, it was really good. Well, they had it's... Pavarotti and some of the other classicals singing with the other pop. Yeah, and if you get a chance I, to check it out, but I haven't won, I didn't know I did it with James. Check Brown. it out. It's it's very it, it's one of those it's one of those um, songs that'll give you the chills. You know, yeah. that are like ooh, it's really good. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, huh. check it out. You, if you if you ever uh, do YouTube, you can find it on YouTube really okay. easily. Just Pavarotti and um, yeah. James Brown. And the Pavarotti, he is my favorite as far as. Uh, He's really classes. good. Yeah. Uh, of course, the Beatles. That's. Love the Beatles. Wow. Who couldn't? Like yeah. Them? I was just listening to uh, KZOK has uh, breakfast with the Beatles on Sundays. Oh, I had no yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. And my radio has been acting up. It just yeah. like starts searching and seeking yeah. by itself, but it landed on 102.5 okay. this morning. Wow. And it was Breakfast with the Beatles. Breakfast with the Beatles. I didn't and know they that. Played some, to look for it. Yeah, yeah, they play some deep album tracks and stuff too. Yeah, so. some of their yeah. some of their deeper stuff is some of their best stuff. Yeah. I think. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, 
there's a there's a there's a trilogy on Al, on Abbey Road. Um, it's uh, Polythene Pam. Um, it's 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 just like a quick. They're yeah. only like thirty second songs, but they're all ran together, and it's oh. on the Abbey Road album. And it, wow. I you know even though it's not my generation, I still consider the Beatles to be one of my all time favorites and one yeah. of the greatest I, bands to ever exist. Oh, I agree. They're uh, you know the uh, Abbey Road and in. What's the other one? Uh, oh, tons of them. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't of, think of them all. You know, yeah. the, early, the early, the early Beatles, eh, not so much. Yeah. In my, for me, uh, I haven't paid as much attention. Later, they got really into it. Later, mm -hmm. they, they started doing fantastic. drugs. Yeah. Maybe that's. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah or they Once went to, they discovered LSD, they were like, <laughs> yeah. wow. They went to India and saw yeah. that, that Raji over there. Yeah. yeah some, mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, some of their songs. Are, but you know, there's a lot of great artists up there. Gee, sure. It's hard to pick a particular favorite. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be honest. I I think this has been really good, and and although we're ending it soon, I I I think we should do a follow up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're gonna. I mean, we'll. Uh, I'd like to, I'd love to talk to you some more. I'd just love sure. to talk to you some more. Yeah, I'd like to talk to you. I know yeah. you guys are getting along. Yeah. I appreciate it. We're a good guy. Sorry, I got emotional there. No, I just hit me. I I, I don't blame me at all. I was I I. Um, well, this I could do what not. I'm going for it. Too, yeah, I want to get yeah. some emotion. Well, the real I'll stuff. Yeah. Some, yeah, something that's that's valuable. And that's I mean that's what people. That's when they listen you know when other people hear mm. true real stuff you know yeah, not right. scripted or you know faked and and that's why people are gravitating towards podcasts now instead yeah. of radio which is super overproduced mm -hmm. you know they want it oh, kind of yeah. gritty yeah yeah so. yeah I should do this for my son too really just uh, get him in here and just well talk about you know speaking of which yeah. can I get a hold of your son oh sure okay yeah. Um, yeah. Let me get his number and name and number. Oh man. Um, we're gonna go and kill this. Okay.